Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. cloudy skies we are your sunshine this morning it's the sports animals on espn honolulu good morning gary good morning christopher good to good see you morning again. tanner thank you for hanging out with us and uh, let's see our top headlines we're following this morning well it's game day for the bows rainbow baseball takes on hilo on Hawaii Island. That must be a treat for the Hilo fans. I love what Rich Hill is doing, playing Chaminade a little bit later this season. Of course, UH Hilo tonight. And hopefully the weather will hold up. I haven't heard any reports, but you know how Hilo can get. Oh. But I, I like the fact that they're getting these extra games in. And again, as Charlie Wade does in volleyball, growing the sports, sort of similar with Rich Hill getting the uh, Division Two schools locally involved. And I love this. Well, it's not like he's the first rainbow baseball coach to play UH Hilo. No, no, but going to Hilo is... is, is Les Murakami was more involved in getting to to grow the sport and playing Hilo in those guys. But I said sort of similar, but they haven't... But I will say that Rich Hill... Is playing? Aren't they playing Chaminade this As year? As I just said about a minute ago, oh, yes, sorry. they're playing Chaminade <laughs> again. Another, I think it's it's in mid-April because I realize I'll be here for that. I believe it's a Tuesday night game at home. At home, some teams are uh, might miss the triple buy. But I, one thing, Chris, that. you got to remember this though. This is really important for tonight's game. I don't know what the flight plans are for UH. But the, hopefully they can start the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning before the last flight from Hilo to Honolulu, and then they can make that flight because you don't want to call a game after a certain time. Now, I'm joking. You're get, looking at me like I'm No, serious. no, no. You're being very negative. You're being very negative against the University of Hawaii and Craig Angeles personally himself. I really don't appreciate that kind of hate speech from you, Gary. I am waiting for the selfie of Chris and Craig. Because I know the way you talk so fondly, like your best bud, and I, that won't happen. I, and obviously, no, nah, he doesn't. I've, I've met him like five times. He doesn't know who I am. I think he does. But la- <laughs> now, last night we had extra innings with Josh and Rich Hill, so we know that the team did not leave the night before a game. They will be leaving today, and I would imagine they have to stay overnight before they come back tomorrow morning. But I'm glad they're having yeah. this game. Scott Robbs will be on the call tonight, and uh, the more baseball, the better. This this team is going to do things. We we know what they've done at the plate, so hopefully a big performance tonight. All right, well, speaking of baseball, congratulations to uh, Chaminade Silver Sword Baseball Junior, Max Patterson. He was named the NCBWA, the National College Baseball Writers Association, Division II West Region Pitcher of the Week. He uh, tossed a two-hit shutout with seven strikeouts and no walks in a big win over HPU. So uh, he's a Kalani graduate. Uh, oh, maybe... Uh, maybe uh, um, uh, Keone Thim knows him. He's a Kalani graduate. Anyway, congratulations. Another award for the brand-new Chaminade baseball team. Yeah, for a brand-new team, the program back in action. Looks like they're starting off pretty well, all things considered, so that's great to see as well. 
All right, the uh, linebackers and defensive linemen reported yesterday or yet a day to the NFL Combine, and the Combine will continue today. Yeah, I mean, it's fun to get you ready for football, obviously, when these things take place. And what I really noticed more so yesterday was a lot of the GMs and some of their comments about their players. Mike McDaniel talking about two in his next contract. Uh, Chicago's uh, general manager talking about Justin Fields and things like that. So we're hearing a lot of that talk with everybody being together in one place. And I'm sure yeah. we're going to hear more about some of the results with some of these players, who's shining or who isn't in the combine. Mike McDaniel is hopeful that Tua, you know, they, they get something worked out. What do you expect the guy to say? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> you couldn't of course, expect anything of course but he's that. hopeful. you got a top-10 quarterback. You want to sign the guy. Uh, I, I think it's just people want to hear. They want to – they're guessing they're going to get coach speak, but just in case, they might catch him saying something. But anyway, uh, so the combine continues. Really, a lot of people are just waiting for the quarterbacks to throw in their underwear, and that'll be coming up. <laughs> Remember the, the Wonderlick test? Days. Nobody talks about the Wonderlick ever anymore. Well, because it's, I don't know. I don't think anybody really talks about the Wonderlick test, except you. Well, I, I'm, I'm just saying how nobody's talking about More it, but people that used to be a bigger about, deal. Because nobody talks about it. Who are these people? Everyone's talking about at the radio station. People aren't doing this. People aren't doing that. People are are, are expecting a rookie quarterback to bring him to the Super Bowl. That doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Anyway, let me let's 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 back to this here. Let's get back to reality. I think what more of the media covers is when rude questions are asked to players about their moms or things like that. Not who do you feel like a dog or a cat. Yeah, I know. Those things have uh, obviously been known over the years for some of the ridiculous things like Des Bryant about his mother and things like that. I'm glad we don't hear maybe as much, but this got to be out there. I just don't understand how the NFL has been able to do that. Other sports don't seem to have those kind of uh, connections intrusive, with some of the questions. Intrusive questions intrusive, is what you're trying yeah, to say. And it's Thank kind you. of almost comical in a way. Okay. Hey, uh, late yesterday as we were going off the air, we found out that it's official, at least according to Delaware State, that they will be Hawaii's week zero opponent in football. And I'll be honest, I have mixed feelings. We know about Oregon. We know what took place. And I know she's seeing people write on social media. You know, Oregon, really good opponent. Delaware State, not quite the same. It was done almost out of necessity without a bigger pool to choose from at the late timing of Oregon's departure on the schedule to getting that buyout. So you didn't really have many options. But it does talk about now Hawaii with two division, uh, FCS schools, excuse me, on their schedule with Northern Iowa as well. And, uh, they only get to count one. Remember that. Only one of the FCS wins can count for bowl eligibility. And that is one thing to remember. I, I was hopeful that they would get a 13th game. And I know Stephen Sy, uh, in his article yesterday, was even saying, like, in the last, I think, in the last 13 years or something like that, they've only used that 13th game like five times. And it's good that you, you have it, the Hawaii exemption. We understand why a lot of schools might not want to come here, and they can't come here in late November anymore because every conference with a conference championship game, well, if you're one of the, if you're a team in any of those conferences, which most are, you can schedule an extra game at the end of the season. So that's part of it. And there's so many made-for-TV games. You have Week Zero, which is expanded with all the games there are. So there's not a lot of options to get that 13th game like there might have been. And in a way, I I'm, they got to have 12, so that's obviously important getting Delaware State, so we know we have them in there. 
But I, I wish there could have been a little bit more of a marquee opponent, but that's how it played out this year. And you can blame Oregon if you're not happy with Delaware State. Hopefully we'll have a good crowd. Hopefully we'll start the season with a win. That's hopeful. That's always a good sign any time of the year, any season, if you can start with a W, and hopefully Delaware State will be that victim. And we'll have to see about that. But, in fact, uh, speaking of UH football, we're going to have Timmy Chang on our show. He will be joining us about 8.20 this morning. So we'll get his take on the uh, spring practice that was completed in the winter and everything else going on with UH football. So he will join us about 8.20. And then coming up in about 25 minutes from now, we will have Deja Phillips. Yes, uh, she will be joining us talking about Rainbow Wahine basketball and uh, everything going on with her career this season and what's ahead for them as they have their final homestand of the season with UC Davis tomorrow. Riverside on Saturday. That will be senior night. Only two seniors. And there are two important ones in Olivia Davies, Olivia Davies and Ashley Tom. Uh, but they've got a big nucleus coming back. But first things first, this season and hopefully getting a three-peat. Uh, I know there's going to be competition, but the way this team is playing with a 13-3 and conference record, uh, even in close games down the stretch, they performed so well, and hopefully that will continue for the Rainbow Wahine. Again, that is tomorrow, so we've got a lot of UH sports. We haven't even talked UH volleyball yet. Uh, well, uh, tickets to give out a little bit later is Sacred Heart is the opponent, and I promised Chris Hart that at 7.20 this morning, I'm going to be a little early on this, that I would have some information on Sacred Heart. So I do have some info on that. Uh, well, first of all, yesterday. they're... First of all, they're not called Sacred Hearts, so you you, you 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 know minus one point there. But go ahead. Okay. Well, they are in the NEC conference, <laughs> North Northeast Conference. They're six and nine overall, one and three in the conference, uh, and they're in Connecticut. And uh-huh. that's about really all there is about them. They don't seem to be a talented team. When I so you didn't find them. anything about, out about I Sacred found, Heart. I found out what conference like who's they're their in. Who's their, who's their leading slam-down getter? Who's their big best dig-em-upper? Djokovic. That, is Madonna? Cher? Djokovic? <laughs> one name? I'm joking. I don't know. You I, need to, oh, you don't, there, there's no Djokovic? <laughs> no. So you didn't find out any information. I, I, I looked at their roster and looked at the stats, and nothing, nothing stood out. I just, I mean, I got their What's base. their win-loss record? I just told you, don't listen to me ever. I didn't have my headphones oh, on. Oh, boy. Uh, six and nine overall, one and three in the NEC, Northeast Conference. So all they, right, they, there you go. That's about all you're going to get. That's about all. Can you call Charlie Wade? Can you text him and see if Charlie can come on the radio and talk about this team? Because we got to get folks hyped up. We need another 9,000 people in the Stan Sheriff Center. I was going to uh, try to get him on the next two days, yes. Get him on now. He's walking the dog. Oh, he's probably done walking the dogs already. You, you don't want to text him? You're afraid I... he won't like you? He won't be your friend? Okay, what do we know about Delaware State football? Not much. I, I haven't looked anything up on them. I know they're an FCS team, and I heard. Uh, what I did read a little bit about them is that they are not one of the strong teams in FCS. No, I think they only won one game last yes, year, but yeah. that's okay. Hey, but it's a tune-up game. That's what you want. You know what? It's a tune-up game. Let's get, uh, you know, maybe a chance in the fourth quarter to get some depth into the game. I think it's important to play these types of games. Well, you have Northern Iowa. That's the FCS opponent. And, again, it's, it's out of necessity and without a big 
pulled choose from because of the late exodus or exit. I'm not putting it down. I'm Oregon. saying it's an important. It's important to have these types of uh, you know types of deals. Well, the thing is why why I think it's not as important or not the way you want to plan. Like you don't want to have two FCS schools on your schedule because no, again, you only one of those can count. Only one of those of wins course. counts for bowl eligibility. Yes. So I mean, okay. it, it wasn't something they wanted to do. They just that, didn't have many options. Who's saying they wanted to do it? Who are these people that keep coming up? I'm not saying that people are saying it's obvious. I'm when, saying it's good to what I'm. Listen to what I'm saying. It's good to start your season off with an opponent like this. That's all I'm saying. Is it good to start the season off in week zero with an easy game, so to speak? I don't. I have mixed feelings on that. I mean, I like with the fact you that want they to start up, with USC. No, I, I. Well, last year they opened up with Vanderbilt. I, I like that opponent. That was a game that they lost, but they had a chance. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather have more of a marquee opponent. That's the other side of it as well. I mean, you want to mm-hmm. see where you stand. Yeah, you want to get a win. But, no, I mean, see, is it going to really you're... impress a lot of people, to be honest, if we beat Delaware State? I don't think Timmy Chang, and you can ask him that question. Ask him how many people he, he thinks he's going to impress uh, by playing Delaware State. I don't think he's out to impress people. I think you want to start off a football season, especially a team coming off with just a couple of wins, a football season slow and build into something. I love the opponent in Vanderbilt, but I, you know, have them your second or third game is what I'm getting at. Well, not you, to start everything off. With start your reasoning, off, let's ease let's ease on into the season for the first game in football. But they never do that, and there's got to be a reason why they don't do that when they have their way of scheduling as far as having choices or options. They usually start with more of a marquee team. Uh, okay, but you cannot, and they usually look it up and find yeah. out if that's a fact. Harlan is on the line in the meantime at 808-296-1420. Hi, Harlan. Hey, good morning. Hi, good I have morning. a question, and um, maybe you guys already know this, but I, I'm not. I'm sure Gary will think but... he knows. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> well, he'll know more than me for sure. Uh, my question Thanks, is, is where are we on the the new stadium? How many seats are there going to be in it? And what is the expected completion time? And I'll take your response off the They're Thank looking, you, Harlan. When we had Senator Glenn Wakai on a couple of weeks ago, he's still saying it's going to be between twenty five and 30000 That's what he's hoping to get. Uh, they're still hoping and claiming that it will be ready to open the 2028 season. Uh, I'm not sure that's. I think they actually have a date for that game. I think it's late August or the first Saturday in September. But that's what they are targeting still now. Uh, they hope to have the winning bid announced uh, the next month or two and start breaking ground maybe by the uh, latter parts of this year. But they're still looking at 2028 that season to open, and uh, right around 25,000 is what we're hearing more than more often than not. Say the last part again. What we're hearing is right around 25,000 as far as the capacity. That's what Harlan was asking for the new state. Well, it depends. I mean, the whole the whole reason he was on the air was it depends if they can get the logo on the side of the stadium. When you say he, you That'll mean Glenn Wakai. Yes, Glenn Wakai. The, uh, so if we don't get the, sta- the, the uh, name on the side of the stadium, he's threatening 25,000. If they can get naming rights and put a logo on the side of the stadium, they can get more seats. Yeah, so I said That's earlier about 30,000 is what they're looking at. That's the max what they're saying right now if they get that approved. So we'll see. Anyway, I don't know. You know what, Harlan? I don't think they know. I really don't think they know. Anyway, I'll find a I – I, I have an update from um, NASA. 
I'll uh, check that out in my email box and see if there's anything new in that. We'll do that. And more coming up here on ESPN Honolulu. It's uh, we got baseball tickets to give away for UH against Holy Cross. Also, uh, Wahine basketball tickets for you to win too. Mel Kuyper's uh, new mock draft is out. Four quarterbacks uh, will be picked according to old Mel in the first round. That and more. Uh, also, uh, NBA referees with uniform uh, with ads on their uniforms too. <laughs> it's all coming up with the sports animals here. This is ESPN Honolulu. Deja Phillips joins us in about 10 minutes on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Uh, Going to be kind of cloudy today, but a little more sunshine this afternoon is what we're seeing. We did have a, a pedestrian uh, accident uh, on Ala Moana Boulevard earlier, so westbound lanes are closed. In what block? Where is it near? I, I'm trying to find out exactly okay, what Okay, so anyway, you're... if you're stuck in that traffic, that is the reason why. We'll have another update uh, for you, coming up in a few minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. Harlan, I hope you're still listening. He called up a few minutes ago, and you're invited to do the same, or you can text in at 808-296-1420. Harlan was asking, uh, what's the deal? What's the progress with the uh, new Aloha Stadium project? And uh, Monday, we got a newsletter, and basically it doesn't say much, but uh, I'll read it to you real quick. The response deadline for the qualifications phase, there's three phases to this. The uh, qualifications phase concluded earlier this month on February 14th. Responses are now being evaluated, or it says will be evaluated. They, haven't they been evaluated? It was two weeks ago. Has anybody looked over these things? Anyway. <laughs> uh, and priority listed offerers will be selected and notified in April of 2024. This notification will mark the end of the qualifications phase and commencement, commencement of the proposal phase. So we'll go into phase two. The deadline for proposals will be in the summer of 2024 with the selection of a preferred offerer targeted for the fall of 2024. And that, Oh, but wait, there's more. And the final execution of an agreement targeted for summer of 2025. So about eight months after you uh, uh, pick somebody, the agreement will. This is just this is taking too long. So, you know, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, Gary, but this is just taking too long. If you can build Allegiant Stadium, Allegiant Stadium, that magnificent stadium in Las Vegas, unbelievable. Look, I get it. Maybe it takes longer to build things because we're out in the middle of the Pacific. Maybe I, I don't know. But it's, we're in our fifth year of University of Hawaii football playing on campus, which I don't mind. It's fine. It, it's, it is what it is. Um, we're starting the fifth year here. And we haven't even broken down the old stadium. Now, nobody call up and say, well, this is the reason why. You need the same person that breaks it down as the person that built it. No, you don't. Stop it. Well, why, 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 why are you saying don't? that? That part what? I understand. I mean, makes some sense. Explain it to me then, please. Well, because they might have the way of doing things with the new stadium that if any somebody different breaks down the current stadium, it'll be disruptive of their plans. And that's what we have heard. Like, I don't, okay, I don't know. Here's, here's, in, in my mind, 
you break down the stadium and there's nothing there but dirt. Why did the person who break it down need to know, well, this is where the dirt is. This is where we'll build it. I think it's it more involved than that. It, 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 I don't think so. I don't. I think they're making make it up and lying. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, lying is a strong word. I think they're, for whatever reason, prolonging this for whether it's a political reason or whatever it is. It shouldn't take this long to get a project started. I agree with that. How and can let's vote, and let's that? vote in the same people who keep this getting done. You know why? They look familiar, and I've seen them on TV. Good job. My gosh. I am totally with you on it taking too long, and we haven't even gotten to breaking ground, of course. I don't know if some of the things, and again, Glenn Wakai did talk about that with us several months ago when that question was asked about having to tear down the old, what being able to tear down the old stadium but not doing it for the reason. Then I don't know if he got even more specific, and I don't remember what exactly is involved with that, but it did make some sense, and I don't think that is something that maybe is exaggerated. That's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that would save time, of course, if that stadium was torn down already. But that part, I kind of, I, agree, I mean, I, I accept as far as the reasoning. Everything else as far as delay after delay after delay, no. And that's okay. I mean, that's your opinion. I don't want to get in an argument about it. We have different opinions, and we can agree to disagree. But I think it's there's it, it just takes too long. Sure. And, there is, and it needs to be explained. I mean, you know what? Explain it to me and, and take some time. If someone can explain it to me or, or anybody. Explain why five years later or four years later, you haven't torn it down. And saying, "Well, there's things that are involved that the the new the person who's building it has to know with tearing it down." No, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case. Level the place and start with. Why does the new builder? Why can't he just? build on a fresh canvas so to speak why can't he paint on a fresh canvas okay. i don't get it okay well let's, let's it, it put, doesn't make sense to me also got it this way suppose the old stadium was torn down today what difference would that make in the big picture in the long run as far as opening up the new one right because now? because when the process starts you start building when this process starts gary they're going to start tearing down the old one, or, delaying the final product. Or once they choose the winning company, let's say, in a couple of months, and they let everybody know their plans, maybe they can break it down then before they were even ready to break ground. And it no, wouldn't they be can't. Any they, the I just read you the timeline. They're not even starting this thing until like 2020, 2025 exactly. or whatever Exactly. That's is. why they could tear down the old stadium between April and 2025. They still have time. They're not picking the. They're not going to know who is going to build this thing, Gary. You got to listen to the timeline. They don't know who's going to build this thing until. Oh gosh, I'll read it again. They don't know who's going to build this thing. Oh, okay, uh, okay. The uh, for the selected notification mark. The deadline for proposals, summer of 2024. Uh, let's see, the fall of the so football fall of 2024. Yeah. And the ex agreement target for summer of 2025. So in t summer of 2025, they're going to go, congratulations, you're going to build our thing. Summer of 2025. That, I, don't know, I don't know if I b believe that. What, you don't believe? I'm just reading you what they sent me in my email box. Oh, I know. I'm telling you earlier what Glenn Wakai oh. told us, and you don't believe that either. So he had <laughs> told us that in 2024, they will have the company announce who is the, the winning bid. 
And I, I'll even text him to maybe get confirmation on that in a little bit. But, I, I mean, if that timeline is somewhat accurate, uh, then you still have a year before they would actually start breaking ground to that's tear down my, the old that's stadium. That's my whole rant here. That's what I'm basing that's what I'm basing my opinion off of is this is crazy. It's taking too long. We'll get back to your texts coming up in a few minutes. But uh, Deja Phillips is going to join us coming up next year on ESPN Honolulu. Keep listening. We've got Wahine basketball tickets for you to win, too. All coming up on ESPN Honolulu. Haunted by those graceful years. We were young and life was sharp and clear. The hundreds of texts that have come in regarding the new Aloha Stadium coming up. This is ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Uh, Coach Timmy Chang joins us next hour. Uh, right now, Hawaii's favorite Rainbow Wahine basketball player, Deja Phillips, on the radio with the Animals. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, Deja. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, a lot of congratulations goes your way, including being Big West Player of the Week. I think that's even more incredible because you only played one game last week. It's a great win against Long Beach State, but to get it in only one game shows how what, how what kind of a performance that you've had. Second time in the month of February. Uh, congratulations on Big West Player of the Week again. Thank you. I appreciate it. Can you talk about the Long Beach State game? Because any road game is obviously tough in conference play, and we know your team has swept Long Beach State this year. But the way you played in that second half, uh, 16 points in the fourth quarter, 22 of your 29 in the second half, does it feel like at times you're in that zone? Um, yes. I'm also from Long Beach, California, and um, I also was playing for my grandpa that's battling cancer right now. So, um Everything was just kind of dedicated, and I knew I needed to put on a show for my family that came and showed up. Nice. Yeah, I heard there was a lot of family members there, so congratulations on the win, and um, obviously our best wishes to your grandfather. 13-3 uh, and three in conference play right now, and another thing I've noticed about your team, with all this, the veterans coming back from going to the Big West Championship and winning it the last couple of years, your team never gets rattled. And I'll go back to the last game I was able to attend, that Cal Poly game a couple of Thursdays ago. You're tied at 41, and your team never lost composure where Cal Poly did with that double, uh, the technicals near the end. But it seems uh, like yeah. your team uh, is able to face adversity and face tough battles down the stretch and, again, never gets rattled and usually comes out on top. Your thoughts on how this team plays in tough situations? Um, we battled through adversity all the time. Um, last year we had injuries, and – we were able to get through it. A lot of us are experienced with it. So um, it really, it's really not anything to us anymore because we're all experienced and we have so many veterans on our team. Big West Player of the Week, Deja Phillips, joining the Animals on ESPN Honolulu. And it has been mentioned numerous times by us on the show. Laura Beeman, your coach, was on with us yesterday. But can you tell us, our listeners, about your decision, your request to come off the bench? You're playing starter minutes, but you prefer to come off the bench. Um, yes, I like to see how, like, the refs are calling the game, how defense is playing against our guards, and just how the game is going and how can I get my teammates in the best position possible. Do you see yourself more so in a leadership role this year as well? Yes, I do. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't really a choice. Um, I'm a senior, so uh, the team looks up to me, and um, it's more of me 
uh, sharing my knowledge and my IQ of the game with my teammates to make them better. When your team plays the tough schedule with the three Pac-12 teams, Stanford, UCLA, were both ranked number two at certain points, how does that help Hawaii as they get ready for conference play? Because, again, those games are really tough in November and December, but then come conference time, as I mentioned, 13-3, and three, and it seems like every year you're either in first place or winning the Big West tournament. How do those early games help? Um, those girls are much faster than the girls here in the Big West. So playing against those girls in preseason, it kind of shows us how fast we need to play for Big West to get into the NCAA tournament because that's always our goal. And then, you know, getting to the NCAA tournament, it won't be a surprise of us of how fast and stronger those girls are compared to the girls in the Big West. So it really just helps us um, in the long run of how we know and what our experience was playing against those Power 5 schools. And also, you talked about experience when you get to Henderson coming up in a few weeks. Do you think that makes a difference? Because your team, with all the veterans, a lot of the players on this team have been part of the repeat uh, going to the NCAAs two years in a row. How much of a difference does that come into play, come in these tight games where, again, some of these games like the Big West Championship last year, uh, going down to the wire, your team came from behind, thanks to you at the end of that game. But how much of that experience help in March? Um, A lot, actually, because... um when it's time for that crunch time and, you know, if we're down in the championship game and we have that one person that's like, guys, we've been in this situation before and we kind of give ourselves goals um, of what we want to do when media is up or by the time the quarter is in. So, like, sometimes we want to be up by 10 by the time media comes around or sometimes we want to be up by 15. It's more about our defense, though. Once our defense is on point, our offense is always good. Is there a team you feel you match up better with than others in the Big West, or is that even a concern with how this team has played so far? Oh, no, I'm, I'm not worried at all. <laughs> okay. For this We're team- talking with uh, Deja Phillips joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. We are so proud to have you as a Rainbow Wahine. And she's a local girl, Gary, because she's from the Ninth Island. I, I think people should know that because they, you know, they follow the local athletes. Like, you know, so when you talk about, Lily and Jovi, you got to include Deja in that. In fact, our family, Deja, we're such big fans that uh, our neighbors think that you're in our family. Because the way that we, <laughs> if we're watching on television or we're watching in the arena, like we'll say things like, yeah, Deja, okay, put De- where's, where's Deja, put Deja in. And then it's like, we'll be like, Deja, stop talking to the referee, Deja, Deja. <laughs> so, you know, we just wanted, we're just happy to have you as part of our ohana. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys, and I really love the state of Hawaii. Okay, Chris mentioned, uh, stop arguing with the referees, and you don't do it a lot, but I'll go back to that Cal Poly game. There was, I think, once or twice in that game where you got called for a charge and you weren't happy with it. I didn't like the call as well, but talk about what you do actually say to the referees at those times. <laughs> um, I just kind of asked them what did I do, and like, um, if they try, if like, sometimes they'll tell me I dip my shoulder, but then I'll I'll come back with, okay, that's the same exact thing the other player just did. And then they'll hit me with, oh, I don't know. So it's kind of like I just, I get over it because I'm trying to learn to control or not get mad at things that I can't control. Mm. So I just, I just say what I need to say in my head about them. And then I move on and have the next play mentality. I think Gary wants to know what you say inside your head. I'm just joking. <laughs> maybe we we don't want to. Maybe we don't want to hear that. But yeah, I mean, and you know what? You're just but you're just letting them know as a player. Hey, I got my eye on you. I'm you know if you're gonna say that, 
then don't call it next time against us on the other side. That You're kind of just setting them up to go, hey, okay, you know what? If that dipping the shoulder is not allowed, then let's call it both ways. Yeah, and then usually we're pretty good at selling it, so then they have to call it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like that. And I like the way you described it is exactly how it appears as far as you making your point and moving on, and I give you credit for that. Can you tell us in your way of looking at this team, the Laura Beeman factor, what she means to this team? We know what she has done with her record since she's been here from day one. Uh, and I don't think she even gets enough credit. We talk about some of the players and the numbers stand for themselves. But from your perspective, what does Laura Beeman mean to this team and this program? Coach loves us a lot. Um, I don't think you can go to another D1 school and have – the connection with your head coach like we do here in Hawaii. Um, we have direct line to our coach, to all of our coaches. Um, coach Beamus, she doesn't care what time it is at night. Anything, you can call her. She'll come and get you if you need her. On the court, She, if you're not, if she's not talking to you, then you need to be worried. But she talks mm-hmm. to every single person. Nobody gets more attention than the other. Like, very equal. Um, she... She works us, and she wants everybody to get better. Um, she'll come in and do extra workouts with people if she has to. She'll come rebound for somebody. Like It's more than just the head coach part. Um, she cares about our lives a lot. A few weeks ago, you played in front of that incredible crowd of over 4,000 against Santa Barbara. What was that feeling like when you had, again, the atmosphere that was just incredible, and it seemed like it keeps building week in, week out? It was good. We love the fans. Um, when the doors opened, we all were like, oh, oh snap, like this is for real. Um, we got back into our locker room, and we were just like, put on for the fans. Like, you know, this, this they come to see good basketball. So um, we really appreciated the fans, and um, we wanted to do it for Beaven and get that win. It was a big win also. It sure was, and it was a close game down the stretch of that game as oh, I have well. A final, I have a final question. Okay, now, the other when it was breast cancer awareness, uh, you wore a lovely ribbon in your hair, a lovely pink ribbon in your hair, and I just want you to know the fans want the ribbon back, Deja. They want the ribbon back. Yeah. <laughs> that it was, was very, uh, Kelsey and Tommy. That's what we heard. Who are we talking to? I think it was Coach Beeman that told us about that. But, yeah, the fans love that look on you, and they, they thought it was very cute, and we want it back. But, anyway, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. We hope to call you again. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you, Deja. Thanks, Deja. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. There she is, local, local Tita from the Ninth Island, Deja Phillips, here with the animals on ESPN Honolulu. I think we woke her up a little bit in the beginning, but uh, she's, uh, you know, she's she's fired up and she's ready to go and start her day now. We gave her a choice of this hour or next hour, and she chose this time. So. Probably has class next yeah, hour or yeah. something like that. It's, it's incredible students. how that gets in the way sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's quarter to eight with the animals. Hey, and uh, if, if you're going to go to senior night Saturday night, uh, you can get more information on the Wahine basketball pregame paina. You see, every promotion they have has to, you know, have some kind of, a, you know, rhyme to it. It's not the pregame. It, it, it's anyway. I'm just teasing. But anyway, they got the, this is very cool. Now it's only open to the first 75 people. Uh, you can go down and be able to uh, enjoy a taco buffet in the Wong hoity-toity room, right? Right there. Only yeah. the hoity-toity people usually get into this room, and you can have a uh, you can have a um, taco buffet, and you can eat all you want 
up until the start of the second half. I'm guessing it's all you can eat. I mean, why would it be a taco buffet if it was limited? And then, like, if you're not done with your drink, you can just bring it up with you in the stands and show everyone, see, see everyone see you walking up with your drink. You're like, oh, I'm one of the special people. Well, you can do that and be part of the pregame paine, the first 75 to sign up. There's no tickets to buy. If you want to reserve a spot, then go to our website, ESPNHonolulu.com, and you'll see the message there. So when you go there, in uh, I guess in uh, uh, digital terms, they call it a promo reel. So you'll see right there, uh, loud and proud on the front page, oh, something, a, a photo of uh, Pupu Sepalona, uh, John Veneri cooking with Alan Wong, uh, pigskin picks, uh, which ended like a couple of weeks ago. That's still up there. Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, all these different events. Uh, but anyway, uh, just keep, keep in the arrow and you'll see the uh, uh, pregame paina. Uh, we also put it on Instagram if you're following us there. But uh, it's a long link to sign up online. Taco Buffet, it's the pregame paina for the Rainbow Wahine. Hey, uh, we'll be back with Dr. Nate Murata, Timmy Chang, soon on ESPN Honolulu. Timmy Chang's going to join us in 30 minutes on ESPN Honolulu. Timmy Chang, of course, former St. Louis Crusader, uh, which brings us another St. Louis Crusader. And we're not going to hold that against him. Just kidding. <laughs> Dr. Nathan Murata from H-Camp joins us now on ESPN Honolulu. Ah, uh, Nate, how's it going, bro? Hey, good morning, Gary, Chris. How are you guys Hi. doing? Uh, we're doing good. We're, we love having you on uh, yeah, because yeah. We, get, we get a little education uh, when yeah. Dr. Nate is on with us. And uh, Hawaii uh, H-Camp, and you've heard their messages here on the radio, the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program. You can find out information on concussions and how diagnosing concussions, concussion symptoms. Uh, the website, hawaiiconcussion.com, is the place to be. But uh, let's get a latest update. Um, concussion management is uh, something that, you know, that you do, that you champion. What has changed, Doctor Nate, today as of today, as compared to the last ten or fifteen years in concussion management? Well, Chris, uh, about ten or fifteen years ago, when HCAM was getting started, you know, a lot of the information that was being disseminated about concussions uh, primarily used uh, these types of grading scales, if you will. So, in other words, you know, a grade one. A concussion consisted of this. A grade two was uh, consisted of these kinds of behaviors or characteristics, and a grade three, and that was like ten or fifteen years ago. The and then gradually over the past ten, fifteen years until now, the basically we we're on the opposite end of, of grading scales. We don't do grading scales anymore. You know? Oh, really? And, and part of the yes, part of the problem with the grading scales is that um, you know for for most most concussions, you don't, it's not a, a result of loss of consciousness or amnesia for the majority of those uh, concussions. A lot of our concussions are very physical symptoms oriented, headaches, um, dizziness, you know, that, those kinds of, of behaviors.
but so in the case of, of the grading scales, it doesn't really um, determine, other than you, for that moment in time, how you feel and, and what is being measured, the student can say after 10 or 15 minutes, I feel fine. And the next thing you know, uh, they're going back into the game. So those were some of the issues that were faced way back then. Uh, now we realize that the concussions are very, very highly individualized. Very uh, symptoms recovery for each individual's differ. And it's often very difficult uh, and very challenging to even try to grade or categorize uh, any kinds of, of concussions at that particular point in time. So bottom line is, um, you know, there are no, no grading scales being used for concussion management or diagnosis anymore. Mm-hmm. And a concussion is a concussion. It should be removed from, from play immediately. You know, and you see that, and you guys have done such a great job with getting the word out here in Hawaii. I was, I mentioned that I um, was at, you know, a number of girls' basketball games um, yes. this year. I, I, I mm-hmm. like to help out the, the ladies at IAEA High School. And, uh, you know, there was a time or two, actually, where uh, a player, you know, hit the floor and the back of their head, you know, bonked on, yep. the, on the hardwood. And, boy, those referees, they come running in like it's a shark attack or something. I mean, they stop the play immediately. The trainers, uh, if the visiting team has a trainer, they're out there. People are very, very concerned. And that kid doesn't get back in the game. Doesn't right. does not get back in the game. They're not talking about it. They're not negotiating. It's you bonk your head. Uh, okay, yeah. it's time to sit out and you know even go home if you have to because you got to go yeah. to the doctor. Yeah, that's part of the that's part of the uh, protocol that the uh, interscholastic league and, and the state of Hawaii is using is the immediate removal and they basically don't go back in. Yeah. You know, so that's all part of the protocol that uh, you know I, I I like to say that H Camp helped put together with the concussion laws and all that here in the state of Hawaii. Um, you know, amongst other other professional individuals as well. But I, I think you know we've come a long way and, and are able to at least uh, all schools are following the protocol and. I think they are monitoring it, uh, the concussions a lot more uh, effectively now. Um, you know, they're doing symptom monitoring. They do all kinds of uh, vestibular and ocular type assessments. Uh, so there's there's a lot going on, and just simply grading a, a particular level of a concussion no longer is acceptable. Yeah, I, so, I hope that parents, parents, uh, even teachers, coaches. Uh, brothers and sisters listening, if there's a, a, a athlete in your family, whether you're it's a kid or an adult, uh, you do check out HawaiiConcussion.com. So what's coming up for, say, H-Camp or other organizations nationally and diagnosing and managing uh, concussions? What, what's what's going on right now? Yeah, well, you know, as, as you know, you know, um, H-Camp alone can't do all the work. So mm. we, we try to, uh, and, and across the country, the approach is very multifaceted. So you've got like exactly what you say to parents, siblings, but you also have allied health people, doctors, um, coaches, teachers, uh, school nurses, everyone as part of this multifaceted team that helps to diagnose, to help symptoms, to help with, you know, various uh, emotional and psychological monitoring of the individual adjustments at schools. So there's, there's a lot that uh, multi, a lot of folks do that have different expertise because each camp alone will not be able to do it all, and uh, we rely on our partners and our 
our um, <clears throat> you know collaborators to uh, provide the best service and, and education and information for the state of Hawaii. All right, folks. Uh, if you if you would follow HCAMP on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. But uh, check out the website, anything from concussion basics to helmetless tackling training. We've talked about that before. Great information for, uh, you know, everybody who's in or around sports. Dr. Nate, thank you very much. We uh, love having the conversations, and we'll continue it. Thank you, sir. All right. All right, go, go Crusaders, huh? Yeah. Right. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. There you All go. Right. All right. There he is, Dr. Nathan Marata uh, from HCAMP, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu, a proud graduate of St. Louis. Uh, he was, when I wanted I wanted to be a, you know, because people at Punahou disowned me, so I wanted to be an honorary St. Louis graduate. And he's still trying to set that up with uh, Mr. Maderos up there at Kalaihaum. Sounds like almost as taking that as long for you to get this accomplished at the new stadium. Yeah, we'll talk about that coming up. <laughs> also, lots of tickets to give away, too. You're listening to the Sports Animals, and we thank you so much for that on ESPN Honolulu. Are our microphones hot? Hot and Oh, hot. they are. Hot and heavy. Oh, usually we're warned about that. <laughs> that was a warning. Good morning. It's the Sports Animals. That's us. This is the SPN Honolulu. And uh, top stories we're following today is uh, it's game day for Rainbow Baseball. Yeah, they've got UH Hilo, some of these midweek games that we're going to see a few more of this year. Chaminade will be coming into, coming into town. They'll be playing at Les Murakami Stadium in mid-April. But I'm glad Rich Hill is doing something that I can't recall them doing as far as going to the Big Island to play UH Hilo. I know Hilo's played here, and even that's been a long time. But kind of cool to have that game. Of course, we'll have the radio coverage start uh, tonight on ESPN Honolulu. Scott Robb's on the call is Josh is uh, on the continent, as some might say, getting ready for basketball oh, tomorrow. Please stop everyone saying the continent. Don't say across the pond. Don't say the continent, please. The Jim Leahy came up with all of these. They're not your terms. It's the first time I've ever stop said that. Stop stealing from other broadcasters, everybody, please. What do you prefer uh, us to call it, then? The, the mainland? mainland? California? <laughs> California is p- pretty uh, accurate. But the mainland, yeah, I mean, people, you know, people have used, you know, that's something that other people have come but up that's with. But that's more of a proper name. Yeah, it's something, I agree. Somebody, I agree. A clever, yeah. You know, if somebody says, hey, it's fourth down in a Manapua, that belongs to Chuck Leahy. Don't steal other people's lines. Especially something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm talking to you too, Dickman. All right. I, I don't. <laughs> we're we're going to move okay, on yeah, here. You're lucky. The you're NFL lucky. Combine. The NFL Combine uh, continues. Nothing spectacular yesterday because it was uh, defensive linemen and linebackers. I, I did read, though, earlier, Chris, that like guys like Jaden Daniels, he just went for the interviews and met with about 12 mm. teams. So you're going to see that with some of the top quarterbacks in the draft, that they're just going to meet, interview, get weighed, and all the logistical stuff measurable, uh-huh. but not actually participate in some of the drills. And that makes sense for guys like Jaden Daniels and maybe Caleb Williams as well. Maybe for the pro day, they'll get to work out for the team. But at the combine, we're seeing less and less of that with top five, top ten picks. Right. And, well, and it's more quarterbacks too. Yeah, so yeah, you're, yeah. You're, if you're if you're Caleb Williams or um, Drake uh, May, Jane Jane Daniels, Daniels, or if you're Drake May, you're not. You, you know what? You're a top. All three of those guys are top five picks. 
So, you know, what are you doing? The person who I think needs to work out is J.J. McCarthy. J.J. McCarthy could go from a first mid-first-round guy to a top-ten guy uh, if he works out well, shows some athleticism, maybe some speed, uh, something like that. Because to me, he's like Brock Purdy. He's a sneaky athletic. That's a good comparison, I guess. I And I know, obviously, you win the national championship. You're going to get your your stock will be rising because of that. And he's done a good job there. Well, it didn't I don't happen s- for Stetson Bennett. I don't think, it, I don't think your stock rises because you win a national championship. Okay. Well, I think it can. For Stetson Bennett, it didn't. He was a late-round draft pick if he was drafted by the Rams. Because uh, well, he's tiny. Okay. Well, J.J. McCarthy, to me, and when I see that he's going to be a first-round draft pick, A, in most of the mock drafts, and people are talking him as maybe a tier two right behind the top three that we talk about all the time, to me, I don't see that in him as an NFL quarterback. I'm not saying he can't make but it. Why? Be a start. But I don't why? Think, I don't think he has the arm that Drake May, Jaden Daniels, and Caleb Williams has at all. All. Not that he's not good, and he's not a game manager. He he's doesn't have a he doesn't have a cannon. No, I, that's part of it. I don't think he even has. So Tua Tonga-Vailoa is not a very good NFL quarterback. No, no, no. Joe Montana is not a very no. good NFL quarterback. Let's go back to Tua. Saying. In my opinion, I know you said the opposite because you always like to bash on some of the local guys, especially St. Louis. <laughs> I think he has an incredibly strong arm. Well, I shouldn't say incredible. I think he has a strong arm, and even more important, I, and I'm not biased when I say this, I have what, never what, seen. Are we talking about J.J. McCarthy? No, Tua. When you getting back to Tua, and you said you're saying that no, Tua the, is not. No, okay, the, you're getting into minutia. Let's get back to the topic at hand. J.J. McCarthy, if he can show some, I, I think, some athleticism, uh, he can move up uh, at the top of the chart. Sure. I, I, look, here's what he's got. What you'll see in the draft, and, I, uh, and I've said this before, what you see in the draft is quarterbacks that fail at the next level are guys who started for, like, one season. Geno Smith is a, is pretty much been a failure most of his career, except for year before last year. True. So guys that don't get a lot of starting to, um, uh, time, uh, it um, don't tend to do that well. He only now, started it's not one guaranteed year. Guaranteed if what? Did he only start one yes, year? Yes. Okay. I believe so. Okay. So, Robert Griffin, good point there too, right? Robert Griffin was would have been great if he didn't get injured. But he, he was great he was for one year problem. at Baylor. And I don't think anybody and really heard of him before that last year. And I remember the first game of the year, he threw for like 400 yards, and you and I were like, wow, who's this guy? But I don't remember right. him before that last Heisman year. Ooh, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, maybe he was on a bad team. I, I don't know. Uh, but Robert Griffin III would have been uh, would have had a nice, I think, NFL career if he didn't get injured and be forced to play when he was injured. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, now I forgot what I was about talking JJ about. But anyway, where he could rise in the draft. Right. So I think that I think that um, this is it would be it would behoove JJ McCarthy uh, to you know actually show up for the combine and work out. Yeah, I think for him it does make sense because he could rise a lot. I just I don't think again I'm, nobody's putting him in the same category as those top three, but they're putting him right no. behind him, and I don't right. And because you have the top three. And then there's a little bit of a layoff yeah. before the fourth guy. That's I, I think that's generally known. Yeah, okay, but again, back to Michigan and J.J. McCarthy, when you look at their games, a lot of their wins, but I'm not talking about the defense, but even on offense, when they did what they did, a lot of it was Blake Corham, the running back and the running game. Not that mm-hmm. he's an average quarter, definitely better than that, but he wasn't throwing yeah. for 300 yards and four or five touchdowns like ever. So I, I, that's right. why I don't, con- okay. I don't think of him as a but- first-round draft pick necessarily. Ben Roethlisberger wasn't throwing. I mean, the offense he was in, 
What's that? Against Hawaii, they scored 48 points in a 50-48 to 48 game or whatever it was. Right, but what I'm getting at is Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Fame quarterback. And, you know, look at all those quarterbacks in the 70s that are in the Hall of Fame. They didn't have 300, 400 It's a different game games. then, though. Different. You game. know what? I'm just going off what, what I forgot about and what I just remembered was J.J. McCarthy has got a lot of starting experience. True, of course, of course. So, so I think he's worthy of a round one choice. But maybe you know not in the top five. Definitely, there is there is some layoff. Is I mean there is a separation of talent after the top three. I think there's a separation of talent after the top two. Call me crazy, and I'm, I'm including Jaden McDaniel's and uh, McDaniel's and um, Drake May, uh, Caleb Williams. Who's your Who's I your think third? There's a drop off. I think there's a drop off before Drake May. That's my humble opinion. So who do you have third for that drop off? Drake May. Drake May is the Drake third. May is behind those two, I think, considerably. Just my opinion. All right, we move on to our headlines. Delaware State, at least according to Delaware State, it's official. They are University of Hawaii football's uh, week zero opponent uh, coming up this fall. And we, oh, actually, the summer, I guess, in late August. Uh, we've heard <laughs> the rumors. Guess, yeah. we've, it's almost like spring practice in the winter. We've heard the rumors, and Craig Angeles on the Craig Angeles show last week talked about a team he couldn't say them specifically but mentioned they're just waiting to finalize the contract and apparently it's a done deal we've heard that uh so again it's because of necessity and the situation and the timing there really weren't a lot of viable opponents that you could choose from at this point so yeah I'm not, I'm, not being, I'm not i don't think we should be apologetic about announcing you know the uh, an opponent i mean we got we got Hey, look, we got some money from Oregon. That's the bright side, right? Didn't they pay us some? They have didn't to pay they, As Bobby Curtin would say, didn't they pay us some dough? They had a, didn't they give us some dough, I, Gary? Yeah, I don't know what the buyout would be, but, yeah, you have to. You know, they canceled the game, so there's definitely a buyout involved. And they're still trying to reschedule this game at some point. I think they're expected to play in 2031, but I think you want to play them before that as far as rescheduling this game. So I'm not sure how the buyout will measure up against that, though. Okay, Timmy Chang is going to join us in a few minutes on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, we're also giving away uh, tickets to baseball against Holy Cross and uh, a couple of tickets to each Rainbow Wahine basketball game, one for tomorrow and one for senior night. Remember, if you want to be a part of the taco buffet uh, for Saturday night's game at the Stan Sheriff Center, go to our website and uh, uh, click on the link, and you can uh, sign up for that. Reserve for the first 75 Hoity-toity people. It's $25, by the way, for the uh, taco buffet, 25 bucks. Maybe for the people who don't get in the top 75, you can have a nacho buffet. Well, yeah, but you got to stand in line. And, and it's not really a buffet because you can't just keep going back and get it, you know. A taco buffet tells me, hey, you know what? Maybe I've got a soft taco. Maybe i got a tortilla <laughs> shell. Maybe I've got a, you know, maybe a flour. Variety. Maybe I got. Oh, maybe I have a corn, uh, a corn de kind. Taco? Um, uh, tortilla. Tortilla shell. Yeah, yeah. maybe I have a corn tortilla. Maybe I have a hard one or a soft one. Maybe I want to crunch it up and make a little taco salad. To me, that's a buffet. Taco salad? Nachos. Nachos, you stand in line. You got the chips. You got the slop on top, and that's what it is. You it could be different slop on juice. it, though. You could have potatoes. See, if, if, you, if it was a, it was a, if it was a nacho buffet, you could be like, okay, give me all meat and cheese, nothing else. Oh, tomatoes, no. I think, is good on it. Uh, tomatoes, maybe jalapeno. Or however anyone wants to do it, is yeah. what I'm saying. Anyway, yeah. uh, let's go to our text, because we <laughs> promised. At 808-296-1420. Uh, 
and I, um, for some reason, pulled up all of yesterday afternoon's texts. What's wrong with my phone? We got a lot of texts. We're talking today uh, about the new Aloha Stadium and really why it takes so long to get this thing started. Now, Gary Dickman, who's an apologist for the state and the politicians, says Chris Hart. Because you have to, you you have to uh, have the same person break down the stadium who's going to build it. Yet we're not going to pick who's going to build that stadium until 2025. My question out loud is why does it take so long here in Hawaii, as opposed to a couple of stadiums we've heard, uh, big you know big stadiums going up on the mainland in two to three years. Allegiant Stadium was, I believe, a three-year project, maybe four. Round and round there, but pretty fast. But it was it was very fast. Here, it's we're starting our fifth season uh, at uh, the uh, TC Ching Athletic Complex, which is fine. I don't care. I'm, I'm it's fine with me. But it's the fifth season they're starting coming up this season, and we haven't broken down in the old stadium yet. We haven't even torn that thing down. So we got texts in at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. And um, this texter says, this is the latest one, a committee for Aloha Stadium needs to conduct a study on candidates who study the stadium construction, who study the materials <laughs> for stadium construction, yada, yada, yada. Me committee. message. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, guys. Gary and uh, Chris, I think the developer will make money, a.k.a. profit, if they demolish the stadium, follow the money. So what he's saying is if the reason you want to have them do both is because you make more money uh, demolishing the stadium. Well, so what? That, that's great for them. I'm not in it for them. I'm in it for the people of Hawaii. This texture says stadium delays due to the RFP process. Campaign contributions included. <laughs> oh, thank you, guys. That's awesome. Why is the stadium taking so long? It's the cost of tearing it down that the state doesn't want to pay. I get it, and that, but that just that doesn't say it, it. It doesn't make it any better on why it takes five years to start moving forward on something because the state doesn't want to tear it down. And they're gonna have to tear it down, so I don't. They I don't, don't want to pay for it to tear it down. Yeah, so. I wonder about that. Uh, let's see, Spectrum. Your balance of something is due. <laughs> Oops, that's a, that's my personal one. Gotta pay my cable bill. And they're texting the station just to make sure you get the message. Pretty cool. <laughs> pretty smart. Uh, Chris Hart should run for office. He would speed up the process to build a new stadium. I think they're being facetious. You think? You think? <laughs> <laughs> you thought there was a chance? Maybe there's some truth to that. Uh, Wakai is part of the problem. He just comes on the radio. I appreciate him being available to come on over the years and giving us a lot of information. I know, I know people have asked to hear from him every now and then, so I'm, I'm appreciative of him coming on so often. Uh, I, yeah, and you know what? He should be appreciative that he is allowed to come on so often. I think he is. He, ha he has thanked me. He has thanked me over and over for allowing him to come on. He's done that repeatedly. Right, because you're getting him reelected is what you're doing. I which am? is, oh, sure you are. Oh, I got the guy on the radio. Vote for him. Donna Mercado Kim, I saw her on the news. Vote for her. Who are you imitating right there? I'm just curious. I don't know. <laughs> Why was oh, that accent? Donovan De La Cruz, he get bow tie. <laughs> I remember like a oh favela, he get undershirt, under Aloha shirt. That means he wear Aloha shirt, 
Go home, hang them up, no wash them, because no more pits stink in his alarm shirt. <laughs> Vote for that guy. Vote for Favela, he's very angry. <laughs> I don't know what kind of accent that is. <laughs> Remember those old Charlie Chan movies? That's a, I don't know. Who's... Barely. It my uh, it, it's a movies uh, developed after Hilo uh, a policeman uh, Chang Apana, who I am related to, by the way. You, are you really? Yeah. Well, through marriage, my grandmother's cousin was one of his wives, Aunt Cecilia from Hilo. Anyway, it's a long story. Uh, okay, we'll take one more text here. It says, "If talking about uh, attendance, Gary, if it's if it's twenty five thousand." Talking about seats. Yeah. Can we just keep it at UH and give them $300 million for athletics? They're only a few thousand short. I have thought that way as well. I you mean, make, so make this, because this is a, a temporary structure at the University right. of Hawaii. Give them more money, and you don't have to give them $300 million. Give them more money and uh, just make it a permanent structure. I think that there is, I wish that could happen. I think part of it, if you're going to make it permanent, you got to have some kind of tailgating or make some adjustments. Or bathrooms? Well, that too, to make it more (laughs) of a fan-friendly thing. I mean, temporary is one thing, but to have it permanently without the bathrooms, like you said, as many as they should have, and the tailgating part, it makes it a little tougher. But I think there's a lot lot of positives about playing on campus, a lot. I think there's a lot, uh, but, yeah. I mean, if you have tailgating... And not, okay, you get $100 and you can get a stall. I mean, real tailgating. You drive up, you pull out the pull out the grill, then you start tailgating. That would be immensely popular. Yes, we know that. We know that. that so. One of the questions we will not ask Coach Jimmy, Timmy Chang about, but uh, Coach joins us next. Go over uh, our uh, spring camp and looking forward to the fall. Timmy Chang joins us next on ESPN Honolulu. Eight twenty-two with the sports animals this morning on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, great job, Gary's uh, one of Gary's duties. He gets our uh, guests on the show, and we had the lovely uh, local lady Deja Phillips because she's from the Ninth Island. She joined us earlier today, and now Coach Timmy Chang's on the line. Hi, Coach. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, Timmy, great to have you on again and want to get your perspective, not only on the spring finale on Sunday, more of a controlled scrimmage, but overall for the 15 practices you and the team had in the last few weeks, your biggest takeaways. Um, uh, I think going into the third year, again, there's, there's just a comfort level with these guys uh, um, and, and them understanding us and us understanding them, um, having, having been through two seasons and they know what the expectation is. They know what the standard is, and and there's just a there's a different mindset about these guys. And so, um, you can see it in their play. You can see it in their focus. Uh, you can see it in their energy every day, um, and uh, and that's important. And so, uh, uh, I I I I really thought it was the best spring that we've had since I've been here. Mm. Um, and uh, these guys are in a good place. So many returning players, especially at the skill position, a lot of new players that we've heard so much about. We'll start with the quarterback position, of course. So many people curious and talking about that. Braden Shager, now that he's had some months with Dan Morrison, how do you see him as far as maybe changing his style, improving? What's different about Braden Shager now that he's had Dan Morrison for a while now? 
Uh, he just continues to grow. Um, he, he continues to mature, and um, and he's going to develop. And you bring in a a quarterback coach like um, like Coach Dan. Um, you know these the, the people around him, including the staff and myself and and the players. We all get the benefit off of off of his wisdom and experience. Mm-hmm. And so you know, Shaker's no different. Um, you know, he, he gets to work with Dan every day. Has been working with Dan. Uh, you know, since since I've had this job, uh, you know, Dad gets to go see him in Texas, and um, and you know they live they live in the same you know area around Highland uh, Park and, and that, and so, um, but the, the the relationship between them two continues to grow. Uh, he continues to grow as a quarterback. Um, he has dreams and aspirations of of one day playing at, at the next level, um, but but really it just it, it's an it's a it's a growth mindset and it's it's overall. It's his overall development on being a better quarterback, his eyes being good, his timing being good, accuracy, understanding what our playbook is, and 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 uh, you know just being really task and and task oriented. I'm not sure if you do after spring practice, but do you have a depth chart at least for quarterbacks? No, we don't. Um, not willing to tell you guys this morning, though. <laughs> but uh, good questions. <laughs> I took a chance. Had to take a shot at yeah. it. Well, let's talk yeah. a little bit about Micah Alihado. We've heard so much about him. Now that you know you've had the chance to work with him, can you at least talk about what his skill set brings and what you've noticed and appreciate about what he brings to the team as well in the quarterback room? Yeah, Micah's Micah is uh, Micah's pedigree is is, is 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 unlike any other. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think he's only lost two two high school games. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a he's a national player of the year. Uh, you know, he, he has some accolades, and he comes he comes from a really good school that, that just won the national title. Uh, you know, he's the best player in the state. Those type of things. Um, so his his pedigree is really good. But uh, but more impressively, I think I think uh, watching him throw the ball, watching him pick up the offense. Um, you know, concepts are are similar. Um, he, he's he, he's understanding what's going on. Uh, he he delivers the ball. And, and, and is able to see a, a lot of things, um, you know, just based on his instinct and his, and his quarterback knowledge, which, which is really impressive. Um, but I, I would say this about the whole quarterback room. I mean, I, I never been around a room where from top to bottom, all four. We have we have only four quarterbacks, and uh, but in saying that, and only four quarterbacks from top to bottom, they all can play. Um, they all can throw the ball. I mean, um, John Sagapolatelle. Came out here and 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 and, and he, he in spring in spring practice. I mean, he's lighting it up every every day, um, and and people got to see uh, what the potential is for John, um, you know, in in in, in that spring game. And so um, Jake Farrell is just another savvy, he's a savvy vet that understands our offense, understands what we're doing, um, and then again, Shags and, and and Micah. I mean, uh, it's it's a it's a good problem to have. I mean, we we got some guys that can play the position. At a, at a high level, we believe, and and again, they're you know John's only a redshirt freshman going into this next season, and and Mike has just graduated in December and and has been here for two months now, and so, um, really really excited about that room. Timmy Chang joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. I had forgotten because uh, the last time I've seen uh, Sangapolutelli play was in high school. He's got kind of a rocket of an arm, doesn't he? He does, you know. It's like these quarterbacks in Hawaii. I mean, I think, I think, I think Shager and Jake and uh, and Joey Yellen said it last year. It's like when they seen John throw and they seen Jonah Chong throw, um, and we're doing like deep balls and you know the the Manoa the Manoa 
the Manoa wind and coming down the valley on either side, you know, it, it, the, their ball is just cutting through the wind. And, and me and Dan are in here watching this, you know, we're watching some film right now. Um, and, and, and we just started talking about, you know, how these white quarterbacks, you know, they have to get used to throwing in these type of conditions. And, and, and really, you know, if you're, you know, if, if you're training as a quarterback here on the island, you're always going to want to throw against the win. I mean, that's how we were with Vinny Passes. I mean, anytime you get a chance to throw the football, you're throwing against the win because that's the test of that's the that's the true test. And if you could throw, it does you know you might have the win in, in in the first half and on a lot of our playing fields, but you know at, at some point the field's going to flip and you better you know coach ain't going to call plays different. You know mm-hmm. knowing that there's a 25 mile in the gust. Like how it's been the last couple of days, I'm sure everybody's enjoying watching their golf ball go from left to right and right to left. <laughs> but, um, but, but that's how it is. You got to play it, right? You got to have yeah. those. You got to have those tools in your bag uh, to to be able to play the game here. So yeah. now that you've had the spring practice completed, and I'll compare this maybe with last year. When spring practice was done last year, did you have the sense that guys like Stephen McBride, Pafeli Ashlock would have the breakout season that they had? Is there anybody that you see this year maybe in the same scenario? Oh, good question. Good question. Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um, you know, there's there's some potential. I mean, uh, Alex Perry, Alex Perry has a oh. chance to be to be um, to be good. Our, our transfer to Kell from Kentucky. Mm. He might have. A, he has a chance to be good. Um, Jonah um, Pinoke has a, has a has a really good chance to be good. Uh, Kowali has just continued to be really solid. Um, Tama has been good. Um, Carson Papunu has been good. I mean, you know, we 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 have the, the thing about it is, is that you know when you start your pro when you start the program and and then you try to look at it, you know two years ago into where it is now, it's, it's kind of where you want it. Um, it. The young core group of guys, you know, the only, the, the two guys that we lose after this year, just looking forward are Steven and Jonah. And, and, and then you have these guys all coming back. And so, and then you got another crop of, of boys coming in that you're going to develop and get better. And so, I mean, that's the goal is just kind of really just keep this thing running and, 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 and staying on course for for a long time, and so um, you know they, they, these guys all have a chance, and and really, um, you know, when the quarterbacks get better and they're seeing better, Kimmy, yes, oh, we lost you oh, there. There we go. Yeah, sorry that. Okay, go oh, ahead. Sorry. We had a problem there. Okay, sorry. No, um, but you know these, these guys, these guys all have a chance. These guys all have a chance to be pretty, pretty, pretty good, um, and and with the quarterbacks getting better. Um, and getting on the same page and having guys like Dan, Dan Morrison in the room and, and talking to him, um, you know, you know, we're, 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 we're just going to get better as, 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 as it goes. Is there any update or is there anything you can tell us about a couple of coaches? I guess we're kind of interim with Derek Faave and Dennis McKnight. Uh, is their status going to be permanent or is there anything you can say about their situation? No, not 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 yet. Um, Coach McKnight has, has has left and, and gone back to San Diego. Oh. Um, Coach 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 Fabi uh, is 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 I believe right now in California. Uh, you know the HR purposes we, we cannot mention uh, right okay. now. Who's if the ink okay. is not dried yet? And so, but uh, okay. but good question. <laughs> getting a few of those. <laughs> what people want to know? What is I'm the off kidding. season like now for the coaching staff? How do you guys prepare for getting ready for fall they're, camp in uh, late July or early August? They're watching yeah, lots of video, uh, that, I guess. That's that's a that's a good question. Well, 
you know, last year at this time, um, it, it, you know, we 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 really we we really focused on our guys and 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 and, and the opponents that were getting ready. Um, you know, we we have a we have a big recruiting class coming into the next year because of you know we're going to lose a lot. We're going to lose more guys on defense. I think we have like. Eight, I think eight of eleven starters on defense returning, and now nine of eleven starters on offense returning. So that's a big, I mean, that's a big group of guys coming back for this class. But we have to get on top of our recruiting for next year um, and stay on top of that. Of course, the local boys um, and, and the local homegrown boys will always be on the top of the list of who we try to go off after and get first. Um, and then, and then, really, it's just. And from a from a from a playbook and strategic perspective, it's just getting getting ahead on our opponents. You know, uh, you know we play UCLA. They just hire Coach Bianami. I mean, that's pretty exciting um, stuff for 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 the UCLA programmers. So you're gonna have to start breaking down opponents. Um, but but more importantly, I think the most important thing is is continue to be around our guys, continue to help them grow, continue to help them develop. Um, it's really all about them and 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 how, and, and what and how you can get your guys to perform on these Saturdays. And so uh, the buying with them and, and continue to watch them grow on and off the field. And um, that's the most important thing for us and for us. And so, um, and then we just go look for future. And again, just go look for the future of the brotherhood. Well, here's last one, question. Go yeah, ahead. One more play. I want to ask you about Tama Uliata at Waipahu. The guy did everything receiver, running oh. back quarterback. I know he didn't play last year. Red shirting had the injury. What is his status now? And where do you see him playing mostly as far as which position? Yeah, we got we got him at slot back. I mean, I mean his his he he really is a true legend from the '94 block uh, '967-'97, <laughs> some of my old stomping grounds. But uh, he he really is uh, a a, a Waipahu legend. I mean, we call him Tama Time. I mean, that's his name that's that's been carried over here. I mean, we got two Tamas on the team, and he's Tama Time, and and really he has a chance to be. Pretty damn good. I'm pretty excited about him. Uh, but we got him at the slot back position. But he just loves to play, um, to play ball. And 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 it's like on his recruiting trip, you know, he all all he did was he kept just he picked up a ball. He's playing basketball. We go to the beach. He he picks up a volleyball. He picks up the ping pong. I mean, the 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 guy just does not stop competing and playing. He just enjoys himself. And so he's he's pretty he's pretty unique. He's pretty special. And uh. I can't wait to watch him grow and develop. Um, and so he, he's going to have some time here. Um, we got we got some future plans for him, but uh, but he, he'll be special. He was special in high school, that's for sure. Timmy, we know how busy you are, and we can't wait for football to start again. Congratulations on the hirings and the players that have come in now for the next season. And I look forward to the uh, Delaware State game coming up in late August. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Uh, you guys have a great morning. All right, thank you. Timmy Chang joining us on ESPN Honolulu. Chris? Oh, I was just thinking of something he said, and I was looking up, and and forgive my um, ignorance here. Matthew Shipley, he was a senior this year? Well, he transferred. Remember, he transferred to Arkansas. Oh, that's right. So that's kind of a, you know, that's something that might be pretty big is, uh, you know, the one thing if you take, the biggest takeaway I have from that conversation is that, hey, look, we got a lot of starters returning. Yeah. Probably yeah. more than, you know, towards the top of the country as far as returning starters on offense and defense, right? Especially the skill position. Look at the running backs and receivers that are right. back. But, and um, my question is, and it can be tricky sometimes. There's been times in the past. Now, we've been fortunate to have some of the great kickers. Jason Elam is, you know, the greatest 
Actually, Jason Elam is the best probably punter and kicker we've had, if you <laughs> yeah, go by really. statistics. Now, folks are going to – old-timers are, what about Jim Asmus and all of these? No, no. If you're just going by stats, it's Elam on both sides. Sure. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, you've got, of course, uh, Rigoberto Sanchez, who is good on uh, both sides as well. Right, right. We've been fortunate to have some good kickers. We've also had ones in the past that were – it was always a question mark. It was, okay, we're going for a 30-yard field goal. Like Jason Elam, it's a 50-yard field goal. You can get up and go to the bathroom. It's no problem. It's almost boring. Jason Elam was boring. He made everything. Without and, and Shipley's pretty good. Shipley's a, yeah. you know he's in the t- he's probably top five kicker. I mean statistically he didn't kick as much as Jason Elam did, but statistically percentage wise he's a top five kicker in the University of Hawaii well, football program. I put Dan Kelly probably in that conversation too. The top five. I'm just six. talking about I'm talking about statistically. So I, Dan Kelly probably is there. Dan Kelly, very good, right? Yeah. It, uh, I hope we have a good kicker this year. That's what I'm saying is I, that's what I, the two things I'm taking away is, okay, we got a lot of guys returning, but that might be an important position. Yeah, totally. And I know, uh, Craig, I just saw oh. your text asking about that. We'll try to find out and pass that along in the show tomorrow. What do you ask about? About who would maybe the leading candidate to be the field goal kicker if they picked anybody else. Are you serious? I didn't even yeah. say that. We're on the same, we're yeah, on the same so. plot line. All right, we'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. It should be uh, mostly sunny today. We had a, a, a couple of windward and Malka showers, but some nice weather out there today. I, You know, we we're talking about University of Hawaii football. That's so funny because Craig texted in. He said, ask uh, if, if you have time, ask coach uh if they've selected a field goal kicker yet that's so funny that we're both on the same uh line of thought and so gary texted coach timmy did coach timmy get back to you not yet but as soon as he does uh hopefully before nine i'll pass it along but i did uh we didn't see that question until after we're pow sorry uh but anyway uh so i'm looking at uh the roster here for the university of hawaii football and i had i'd forgotten almost but logan taylor's back yeah, he should uh, that's be back. Big. You remember how good he was before he got hurt? He was all conference first, second team type player. Yeah, I mean, that guy was exceptional. And uh, that's one of the reasons he didn't participate, obviously, in spring practice. He's not fully healed, but he is expected to be 100% or close to it come August. Yeah, so, and you're not going to take any chances in a controlled no, scrimmage. Or the whole you know, 15 have, practices, yeah. You, already, you need that opportunity to see the guys who don't get the work. Right, right. That's what you need. That's what those controlled scrimmages are for. Not to say, let's go watch Verdell Edwards kick some butt. It's not sure. it. Even though I'm yeah. sure those guys would like to be out there. Coach Chang mentioned Kuali Nishigaya. And uh, you know what? There's one thing you can say. He doesn't get a ton of balls. But at clutch times, Kuali Nishigaya is one guy who never drops the ball. Exactly. He's got he's got like in that commercial for uh the, the air conditioning. He's got hands like a gecko. You know the one with Kanoa Lakey and Greg Salas Fujitsu? and Rich Miala? Yeah, Fujitsu. He's got hands like a gecko. I don't think he, had but any he really drops. does. But what? I, I don't think he had any drops last year. Zero. No, I, and, 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 and tough throws, you know, thrown behind him at times, those kind of things. I was watching, and thank you uh, to Spectrum Sports, I was watching a replay of the Air Force game uh, part of it last night. And right when I turned on my little iPad, and that reminds me again, i got to pay my cable bill today. Can someone <laughs> remind me? 
I got a couple of texts. Pay your cable bill. I keep forgetting. Anyway, so um, so I'm watching the first the 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 first thing that comes on is um, Stephen McBride McBride dropping a pass, threw it right in his right in his stomach. It bounced off his his belt and fell to the ground. You don't see you didn't see any of that kind of stuff. Not putting down McBride, it just happens to receivers. But you don't see that happen to Kowali Nishigaya. I wish that they would target him more. It seems later on in the year, I don't have stats in front of me, that they did target him and him have bigger playing time towards the end of the season. Yep. But you know what's crazy about this? When you think back to the 2023 football team, is that it's much like the 2024 Rainbow Warrior basketball team. The Rainbow Warriors, for whatever reason, uh, after Coach Cannot called them soft, they came out to say, look, we're not soft. They came out, and especially Justin McCoy and some of the other guys, they came out with a ferociousness to their game that we hadn't really seen all year. Now, look, in the beginning of the year, the, the Warriors were running, gunning, running up and down the floor against some pretty bad competition. Then they start uh, league play, and, you know, waiting. You know, nobody wants to shoot a basket. Everyone's waiting until the end of the shot clock and all of that. And then for whatever reason... They flipped the switch and came back and were the Rainbow Warriors we expected to see. Well, the same thing kind of happened with the football team last year. You'll remember, and uh, what started it all off, I, w- I would guess, would be that win against Nevada. Now, we beat New Mexico State last year, um, and that was uh, – oh, wait, I got the 2023. We did beat them last uh, year. No, we beat New Mexico State last yeah. year, yeah. and it was a kind of a revenge game because – in 2022, where we played them twice, right? Yeah. We got blown out. Got blown out and over that there. Never, that never, ever, ever happens to UH. You don't get blown out. No matter how bad your team is, you don't get blown out by New Mexico State. Well, we found out uh, New Mexico State's a bowl team the last couple of years. Yes, but, yes. So Hawaii does get the revenge. They only beat them 20 to 17 uh, last year, but it was, um, you know, we beat Albany. How do you say it again? Albany. Albany. You beat Albany, not Albany. We beat Albany, which everyone, you know, you have to. I mean, you they just They were have a good to. FCS school, though. They were pretty good. Oh, were they? They went pretty far in the tournament. I forget if they went to the Sweet 16, but I think they did go that far. Oh, that's far. pretty Maybe good. Even further, that's good. Actually. They were pretty good, yes. So better than Delaware State. Yeah. It, it, unfortunately, that's yeah. okay. Anyway, so we beat those guys, and then, uh, and then we get smashed by Oregon. And then Hawaii barely beats New Mexico State, but they beat New Mexico State. And then it was, you know, losing at UNLV usually happens, but we got blown out. Yes. Uh, we lost to New Mexico by three touchdowns. We get blown out by San Jose State, 35 to nothing. Ouch! Shutouts right? don't happen. I mean, one thing to lose and lose big, which doesn't happen often, but to get shut out at home. It's hard for Hawaii's brand of offense to not score in a game. Yeah. You're right. And then something happened. It was the lows of low. You couldn't get any lower. How many people were calling for the coach? You Get June Jones, all of that, right? Yeah. And then they flipped the switch. They came out and beat a bad Nevada team, but they won. On the road. And, yes, a road win. You're right. That's and big. And then. Air Force. They give Air Force their first loss in Mountain West play. Air Force was, they were flying high, yep, so were. to speak, no pun intended. <laughs> but Hawaii beats them by two touchdowns. And Air Force, I'm reminded after watching the replay on Spectrum last night, 
Air Force was, you know, I think three possessions in a row at the end of the game, they just threw interceptions. Air Force was not built to come from behind, and they usually didn't. But Hawaii kept it up. All of a sudden, Hawaii has their first winning streak. Now, Hawaii goes up, and they lose at Wyoming pretty badly. But they come back on the last game of the season and beat Colorado State. In dramatic so, fashion, but Matt Chipley running onto the field. Yeah, at the end. that's Remember right. That? To barely get the field goal off in time. But Hawaii wins three out of their last four games. Pretty impressive. Hopefully the momentum will continue. I think the Air Force one was the biggest when they led the country in rushing yards per game, and they were kind of held in check, if that's possible. That, to me, was the most impressive game, and that was part of the turning of everything around with that win. Yeah. Hey, folks, you can text in at 808-296-1420 if you would like. We're going to wrap up the show coming up. You know what? We didn't even give away our tickets. Let's give away tickets. Okay. If anyone's listening anymore, <laughs> give away. We'll give you. We'll let you choose. You can have a pair of baseball tickets for all the Holy Cross games, or you can have a pair of Wahine basketball tickets for Thursday night and senior night Saturday night. So we'll give all those. You can choose which one you want. Be caller number 5 at 808-296-1420, and you can choose if you want to go to Wahine basketball or uh, see uh, the base bows. And while you're dialing in, uh, we can tell you that you can upgrade your island style with Kahala. Kahala is the original Aloha shirt since 1936. They should make like a Kahala Aloha shirt museum. I think tourists would go and see that, right? Probably would, all the, yeah. All the Aloha shirts over the years are really, cool. really nice. And then you have a gift shop and you make lots of money. Yeah. Thank you very much, Patent Pending. Uh, anyway, Kahala is the original Aloha shirt. They did it. They, they invented them back in 1936. You can get one for your own self at Kahala's six stores island-wide or at Kahala.com. Hey, let's uh, let's blow these out while we got a chance. Uh, Leonard and Makiki, he chose to go to the uh, Wahine basketball games tomorrow night. I can't remember who we're playing. UC Davis <laughs> on Thursday and Riverside Saturday. Okay, so he wants he's going to go to basketball. He's got him and a friend are going to go to basketball on Thursday and Saturday. We still have a pair of baseball tickets for all the UH Holy Cross games. If anyone wants them, if you're caller number two, you got to do it quickly before we get off the air at 808-296-1420. Caller number two, Liz is going to give you a pair of tickets each game. Now, if you can't go to all the games, you can just text the tickets to a friend yeah. or something, you know. I saw, I think Hawaii is, if I have it right, 17th in the country in attendance after the first couple of weeks. I'm not surprised by that. I'm not either. It just shows how great the venue Hawaii is. Hawaii has the, the best team. attendance on the West Coast. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, really so it, it's still one of the top on the West Coast. Now, they get you know more in the South nowadays in the SEC. Yeah. And uh, stuff like that is uh, going very well. Okay. Uh, we're going to have a chance, and maybe the uh, – uh, later on this afternoon, whether it's Kanoa Leahy or the off-the-bench crew, are going to discuss this latest, and we'll have a chance to dig into this tomorrow, the latest NFLPA uh, players survey. So remember they did this last year, and they survey a bunch of players. In this case, it was 1,700 NFL players to kind of give a report card on their working conditions, Right. Um, and one of the surprising things to come out of this 
is that the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champs, second lowest graded team in the NFL. That's surprising. I would you know, never have guessed. I would have guessed the opposite. Right, and and there's different things they grade people on: the quality of food at the, at, at, you know, at the facility. Who was it? Was it the Cardinals guy that actually, if you ate anything in the facility for the Arizona Cardinals, they charged you for it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there was one one player claimed I might might have been Tyree Kill. I'm not sure if it was him or somebody else saying they tried to get into facilities on the weekend and they weren't allowed in, or they got a parking ticket. It was locked. <laughs> yeah, they, but they weren't allowed. And security wouldn't allow them to go in. Right. Congratulations to David in Eva Beach. Uh, he just got the baseball tickets. Anyway, we'll have more on this. By the way, Andy Reid scored very high as far as the players in the head coaching category. It's just that uh, owner Lamar Hunt graded very low in things like uh, facilities and willingness to invest in facilities. Wow. And things like that. So, anyway, it's up at ESPN.com. You can check it out for yourself. But that's all the time we have for today. Thank you very much, uh, everybody, for listening. Thank you to Deja Phillips and Timmy Chang for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. ESPN Honolulu.